You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for local events, topics, and discussions involving the Alamo City. I'm your host and favorite retirement advisor, Zachary Espediqueta. Today is Sunday, May 9th, and it's Mother's Day. If you're fortunate to have your mom around, go give her a hug, give her a kiss, tell her you love her, appreciate her for everything she has done for you, and help raise you and make you the person you are today. Take her out, buy her some flowers, get her whatever she wants. It is her day. In this episode, it is a Mother's Day special episode. In this first segment, I'm going to give some reminders about some events and campaigns going on uh, regarding some of the guests I have brought on the podcast in the past, as well as some other events going on here in San Antonio and coming up, including Fiesta, uh, finally coming back to San Antonio after the 2020 hiatus, obviously due to the pandemic. Um, In the second segment, I'm going to bring on my own mother, my mom is going to join the show. I wanted to talk to her a little bit about how her perception has changed about San Antonio, being that she wasn't originally from here, even though I am. She moved here a little bit before I was born and has been here ever since. And so as you can imagine, her perception has changed. And then in the last segment, as I mentioned in the few episodes leading up to the rebrand, I wanted to continue on the tradition of talking about local recommendations, um, places I visited, and then as well as some questions that I have for you guys and I'll leave you with. So with that said, let's get started. I wanted to give a reminder about the Southside Book Fair happening on May 16th. That is Sunday, May 16th, a week from when you are listening. Um, And of course, that's put on by the Scooby Van San Antonio by Live from the Southside, and by Brewsters. They're going to be having it there from 12 to 4 p.m. that Sunday, May 16th. It is at Brewsters. That's at 815 Pleasanton Road, San Antonio, Texas, 78214. On the south side, they have indoors. They have outdoors. Most likely, a lot of this event will be happening outdoors. They have a nice area outside with a lot of things to do. It's kid-friendly. It's pet-friendly, open air. It's a great place to bring the family and some friends. Um, They're going to have local authors. They're going to be doing book signing. You can buy some of the local authors' books. They're going to have free snacks, of course, courtesy of the Scooby Van. Uh, Speaking of Linda, Pearson and the Scooby Van. They're going to be collecting donations for their used book drive that they usually do to collect books for underserved communities. Obviously, April Monterosa, friend of the podcast and editor-in-chief, owner of Live from the Southside, will be there. She is one of the authors and some other great authors will be there as well. Again, that's at Brewster's Backyard Ice House. I'll be there. In fact, I'll be taking my mom there. I know she really wants to go. So we'll be there. Come out. It's open air. It's going to be a lot of fun. The other event I wanted to give a reminder for is the Hustle and Socialize Annual Women's Business Conference that is going on June 10th through the 12th. And you can get tickets through May 31st. What's exciting about that is recently they've been posting some of their some of their presenters and speakers for their learning, unlearning, and doing the work 2021 conference. And one of them is our very own April Monterosa, friend of the podcast. Again, just mentioned she's from Live from the Southside, editor-in-chief and founder. So she'll be actually one of the speakers. So ladies, go get your tickets. You have until May 31st to get those. There's still some tickets left. 
but uh, make sure you get them before they're all bought up. Go check out their Instagram page and follow them. They're at Hustle and Socialize. You can also visit their website at hustleandsocialize.com. If you want to RSVP, look for tickets and see all of the other amazing speakers that are going to be there. Big shout out and thank you to Michelle Vallejo and Christina Olivares for putting that on. They're the founders of Hustle and Socialize. And lastly, as far as events slash campaigns going on, a big shout out to Clara Guerrero, the corporate partner partnerships manager who I've had on the podcast here from Boys and Girls Clubs of San Antonio. Right now they are doing a pool safety campaign Um, and the reason they're doing that is swimming and learning how to swim has been a huge part of the Boys and Girls Club for the last 30, 40 years, um, almost 50 years, you know, since the 70s if you you look it up on their website and a lot of these clubhouse locations have swimming pools where these kids can go and spend their time, um, you know, if their parents or otherwise working working or you know can't be at home and and due to the pandemic they were shut down last year but this summer they are going to be open and so the boys and girls clubs is looking to raise some money to update their pool supplies buy some more pool supplies of course the normal wear and tear happens with these pool supplies and so they need to replace them get better ones get more they're really anticipating there's going to be a lot of kids coming to the pools this summer um it's going to be hot if you want to donate to the boys and girls club to this particular donation drive this campaign you can just visit begreatsa.org that's b-e great s-a org. When you go there in the top right, you'll see a donate button that'll pull up a little tab and you can click where you want to donate to. Of course, you can donate to any section of Boys and Girls Club, but in this case, it is the pool safety campaign. I know Claire is really excited to get that campaign goal filled. They really want to make sure that the kids have the opportunity to swim at these clubhouses this summer. So guys, go visit BeGreatSA.org. Even a little bit helps. And guys, if you own a pool or maybe a pool company or you know someone and you have these extra pool supplies that are still in great condition, they are also looking to take those donations too. If that's the case, reach out to me. You can email me at Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y at SAPodNetwork.com. You can also DM the podcast and um, we can get that figured out in a range of time. I also wanted to talk about Fiesta because, of course, that is the city's largest event. It's a huge opportunity for the city to raise money for nonprofit organizations. Um, I know in 2020, it got pushed back and then eventually canceled. In 2021, it got pushed back, but it has not been canceled. In fact, it is going on and it is happening June 17th. It's going to go on for 10 days. And if you want to visit FiestaSanAntonio.org, you can check out their lineup of events, including the Fiesta kickoff happening at Hemisphere. Of course, that's an exciting event, open air. They usually block off the streets near Hemisphere. So you can visit their website, check out what they're going to have there. Like I said, they're going to have concerts, music. They usually have booths set up, not only to buy food and alcohol, but you can also buy crafts. You can buy different medals. I'm sure everyone is excited to start collecting their medals for 2021. I'm sure some of the 2021s will be collectibles, even though we never had a, we even though we didn't have a fiesta in 2020. But yeah, check out some of the events. I'm really excited to go to the fiesta kickoff there at Hemisphere. I know my girlfriend and I have gone to that the last few years before 2020. We would buy little fiesta medals for our dachshund. Um, believe it or not, they had fiesta medals for dachshunds there. Uh, we'd walk them around. It was it's an awesome time. And then of course they are going to be having Niosa. Surprisingly, I'm I'm actually 
going to bring this up later, but I'm looking to get your opinions on that and see how you feel about Niosa still going on. Obviously, a lot of these events are going to have mask requirements. They're going to have other requirements as well. They're going to try to encourage social distancing. Um, they're going to do their best to do that, but it is going to be something to look out for, um, being that we still technically are in the pandemic. It's not like we are 100% vaccinated or even close to that. So it's going to be interesting to see how this Fiesta 2021 plays out. They're going to have the Fiesta de los Reyes at Market Square, the usual Market Square setup, all the booths for food and drinks. I know my girlfriend is excited to finally eat a gordita from one of those booths. I know that's what she looks forward to. I look forward to a tripas taco. Um, I haven't had one in so long. I usually get one there at Fiesta de los Reyes at Market Square. I'm excited for that. And if you want to look at any of the other events going on, again, that's at FiestaSanAntonio.org. I'm sure everyone cannot wait. It's going to be hot. I get that. That may push some people not to go to Fiesta, but I think people just want to get out. And you're seeing that right now around town. Places are packed. Restaurants are packed. If you go downtown, the streets are packed on the weekends or at nights. I know it's going to be hot, but people are going to be excited to go. They're going to want to celebrate Fiesta. I'm sure people are going to be letting loose, but just play it safe. You know, follow the rules that they put in place. If you're attending their event, that makes sense, right? It's their event. So follow the rules um, and have a great time. You know, they're going to have alcohol. They're going to have food. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Fiesta. Before we get to the break, I did want to talk about the Selena series because the new season of the Selena series, the new and last season of the Selena series is out. If you remember, Remember, we had Raymond Perez. He is an alumni of the high school that I went to, Communications Arts High School, the Magnet School to Taft. If you remember that interview, he was a contributing writer for season two. And that was not only huge for him, but it's important, in my opinion, for the Latin community and Hispanics to be more involved in movie production, just in Hollywood in general. That is something that I actually noticed recently at the Academy Awards or the Oscars, even though there was a good amount of diversity, it was pretty hard to find Hispanics in a lot of the nominations. And so, you know, Raymond and Moises Zamora, one of the people behind the Selena series, you know, they're really trying to push for that. I really want to see more inclusion of the Hispanic community in movie productions and show productions. I think if you look at LA, Hollywood, and that surrounding area, just like San Antonio, they have a large amount of Hispanic people that live in that area, but it's not portrayed that way if you look at movies or shows. Shows and movies have become more diverse, but not including as many Hispanics. And as you know, if you just do a simple Google search of the population, Hispanics make up a large part of the United States. In fact, I think they are the largest minority group. I mean, having more representation of Hispanics in the movie industry and film industry, I think that's really important. And I'm excited for Raymond. I'm excited for Moises. I'm excited for the Selena the series to have success on Netflix. It was a great show. My girlfriend and I got to watch it. We pretty much binge watched it the week it came out. Obviously, you know how it's going to end. 
but you're interested in seeing all of the build up to that because it's different from the movie. You know, in the movie, you have to fit it all within an hour and a half or so, where in this case, you can make all these episodes and you can provide more storylines inside a an actual show. I recommend it. Um, I know some people <laughs> have some issues with it, but and I think I said this on on that particular podcast episode uh, months ago, just appreciate the fact going back to my same conversation about Hispanic representation in the film industry, just appreciate that we have this Netflix series, popular Netflix series containing a lot of Hispanic actors and actresses. And it's a great show. It's a great story. You know, you, you get to see more of the story of Selena y los Dinos and, and the family and, and the different things that were happening with her and Chris and her, you know, her father. And then, of course, Yolanda towards the end, you know, you get to see more of that than what you really got to see in the movie, especially if you don't really know the story and you just kind of have heard of Selena. So go check it out. Um, it's on Netflix. It's probably one of the main shows that will come up right now if you were to go search it. That is going to do it for this first segment. I'm really excited to get to the second segment because I'm going to be interviewing my own mom. You know, I get to talk to her about her experience moving here to San Antonio after living in a small town and moving to different places, including Austin and how she felt about moving away from Austin and how her perception of San Antonio has changed living here for many years now. So I'm excited to get to that. We're going to take a quick break and I'll have my mom on when we come back. This is what we're made of. The businesses that line our streets and the customers that make them flourish. As a business owner, this is your community, your members, your regulars, your neighbors. Your business is unique, so are your customers. No matter who you need to reach, Spectrum Reach is here to help you connect with the right message on every screen. Visit SpectrumReach.com to connect with a local advertising expert. That's SpectrumReach.com. Welcome back to this special Mother's Day episode of SA Talk. Like I mentioned earlier, I have my own mom here joining me on the podcast. I really want to give a shout out to my mom. I know she was real nervous about coming on the show and speaking with me. I think a little bit of the anxiety kicked in. Um, but, you know, after we got into the conversation, she felt a lot more comfortable being recorded. And I know that is something that's hard for some people to get over. I know even for myself, it was a little hard to get over the fact that I'm recording myself. And even though it's not something that's being done live, I know that a lot of people will be listening to it. So I really appreciate her kind of overcoming that little fear of hers and coming on to speak to me on this special Mother's Day episode. So without further ado, I'm going to get right into it. I guess you can start out saying, because you're not, you're not from San Antonio. No. You were born where? Pueblo, Colorado. But you were a military brat. Uh, yes, I was. And spent a lot of years in Beeville. Would you say majority of the years, I guess? Um, I spent four years first, and then five years the second time. So nine years total. Yeah, I guess half of my childhood would have been in Beeville. Yeah. Okay, besides Hawaii, like what? Lived in Rhode Island, Virginia. Those I don't remember. I have. I don't remember you telling me that you lived there. And it was in Tennessee that we got the orders to Hawaii. Did you realize, like, as a as a kid, though, like, where you actually were? Because if you think about it now, like Hawaii obviously has this perception, right? It's like Hawaii, this tropical yes, yes, dreamland, right? <laughs> this island that people want to live in and visit. But like, did you realize that as a kid? Yes, because okay. when, we, when my dad came home and told us, 
in Tennessee that we got orders to Hawaii. We were freaking out. And they're just like, we're going to this island. We're going to be on a beach. We're going to live on a beach. We were super excited. That makes sense. So were you sad to leave then? Yes and no. Because Hawaii isn't for people to live there. Um, it's a little different. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah well, and, and and Tyler, so Tyler's my cousin. Because he's no longer stationed over there. Right. 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 He already left. But, I mean, I think even he kind of realized once you live there, it's a whole different feeling than just visiting there for a week or two weeks. Well, I guess, like, fast-forwarding. So, you ended up going to UT in Austin, and you got to live in Austin. But was that... Okay, so at that point in time, obviously, Austin was already the live music capital of the world. But was it what it is today? Does it Was it still, like, that Keep Austin Weird back then already? Had it already gotten well, to that point? Well, it, it wasn't Keep Austin Weird. It just was... Austin was weird. Right. It didn't have the saying yet. Yeah. But it was weird, and it was just... Because that was when? Uh, 84 to 90. To me, it was smaller. Um, than what you were used to? Well, no, no. It was bigger than Beeville. Right. But it was, it, it was a small town, but still you had everything. You had 6th Street. You had um, the music. You had the town lake. The university, um, the, of course, the university. Um, but it just it, <laughs> a lot it's, different uh, field. Bar, than Barton now. Springs and Mount Bonnell. It is different now. And when I go back, I'm kind of lost. Yeah. Except, Were you sad to leave to San Antonio? Very sad. <laughs> very sad. But you know, I was like, okay, you know what, San Antonio. I've I've been to San Antonio before. I've been on the Riverwalk before. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of excited. Something new. Did it feel like a bigger city when you moved to San Antonio? Yes. It was like. To me, it was it was a big city. I don't know. I, I didn't like venturing downtown. Definitely, I wouldn't drive. Because at this point, it's the early nineties. And 90... I stayed on. And I stayed in my neighborhood. Oh, <laughs> I, stayed, I just I, you know because well, I get... at first because before I was born, you lived in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was off of Wurzbach. Wurzbach in the medical center. Were there any places down there that you would go to a lot, like in the medical center? Like eating, shopping. Um, you know, like what were the places that you would go when you lived there? Because there was like an Italian restaurant, right? That you would always talk about. There. Piccolo's or something like that, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Wasn't there like an Italian? Yes, there was Piccolo's. Because now when you go there, they definitely have more cultural restaurants. Yes. There. I don't know if it was like that before. No. We went to Mexican restaurants, Italian restaurants. Um, yeah, it was much later before we go to the, the one Indian restaurant we went to. You took me there. Pasha. Oh, okay. Pasha. 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 Yeah. But yeah, that wasn't there. What made you look... To move to the northwest side, we liked the neighborhood, and we we had looked at the neighborhood, and it was it was kind of moving further away from downtown, like you you weren't living in the city. In fact, when we first moved there, they didn't even have the streetlights. Okay. The city the city streetlights, and of course, by the time we moved there, they they had put them in. It had you know the schools there, and I was going to start working at one of the schools. We just liked the feel because it was suburban. When I think from what I hear, obviously I was too little to know what was going on, but from things I read. That was kind of a point in time where people were moving away from the center of San Antonio. Like, there wasn't... I'm sure there was things to do downtown, aside from the Riverwalk and, you know, the Alamo Dome and things. But people just in general were moving out to the suburbs at that time. Right. So, which is a stark difference between the last decade, where people are trying trying to move inward. Of course, it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But people are more attracted now to the urban core as opposed to back then. So when I was born, we were still living in that apartment or a different we apartment? We were living in a different apartment, but still near the medical center. Okay, near the medical yeah. center. Mm-hmm. And I moved over there. 
So I was about one. I think it was like uh-huh. April. Yeah. I, I remember seeing this thing in the garage. Yes. It says like yeah. 04, yes. 94 or something like that. We, so I we moved one. over there. What was there to do? I remember having to drive to a 410 Ingram area to do anything. Yes, and we, and we, in fact, we drove back to Orsinger Park because that was the park that I first took you to, which is over off of I-10. We found O.P. Schnabel. O.P. Okay. Schnabel was one of the parks. There wasn't much to there do. There was just neighborhood parks, and we would go into the Northwest Crossing area because they had a park over there. Mainly, I would just take you on walks just around the neighborhood. There's places around here that we would go to, and when I say here, I mean 410 Ingram area. Parapple County Fair. Parapple County Fair. And Discovery, Discovery Zone. Discovery Zone. Oh my gosh, Discovery Zone. Yeah, which is now a Skechers yes. on 410. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I think I get a little uh, nostalgic and sad every time I see the Skechers sign well, instead of Discovery Zone. Well, you do know that's where you ran into Maria Shriver. That's the name I always forget because I always say the wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever right. was dating right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. No, it's not that I ran into wife. him. I ran into his wife. You ran into his wife. Like literally ran into You were playing with his two kids and then you, and, you know, I, I guess I hit them. I ran into and them. I, and I know I saw her, but I knew not to approach her. Cause there was like a limo outside or yes. something, right? And we didn't, and we didn't know. And it wasn't until I got inside. I was like, Oh, and so I, I'm starting looking around for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, who is it? Yeah. But I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't, when I saw her, I started looking. I wonder what they're in town for. It's a bar downtown. Hard Rock. Hard Rock. Hello. It's Hard Rock, yes. They were opening Hard Rock. And he, and I don't know if he's sponsored, what, whatever, but he okay. was down there for that. Him, and I think Bruce Willis, there were some other, some, okay. some other people down okay. here. So, I didn't know that. So you ran into her, and I, I saw it, and so I walked over, she put her hand on your head, you know, and she was like, are you all right? And, you know, you just look, yeah, and then you're looking around for yeah, me. I don't know who it is. Because you were coming to find me. You wanted to tell me something. And then I was thinking, I'm never going to wash his hair again. But I never <laughs> talked to her. I never said anything to her. Yeah. But, Funny story of someone I ran into. Yes. And then all I remember from the Pear Apple County Fair is the little indoor uh, balloon that you could yeah, get in, yes, and it would yes. just go up, up and that's yeah. that's literally all I remember. Well, they also had the like the little bumper cars and stuff outside. What I mean, were there other places around either the area besides so parks in the neighborhood around here? It was just those places, yeah, that I would go to. But I mean, and uh, the mall, I, I would go come to Ingram to mall. Ingram, yeah, a lot. Well, and that's what I remember. I I tell my girlfriend Amanda all the time, like this is the area that I remember coming to. A lot as a kid. Not uh-huh. just those places, but even once the movie theater opened up by Holmes High School. I think it's called the Regal. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that was our movie theater for a while uh-huh. until they opened up Silverado. But that was when I was, like, in middle school at that point. When I was a kid, it was just the Regal movie theater here by Holmes. Right. That's where we'd go to. I don't remember going to any other movie theater aside from that. So, I guess, talking about your perception of San Antonio, because I'm sure that's changed. Yes. Because it was this huge city. Even though you came from Austin and people think of Austin as this huge city now, it's still really not. How did that change? I mean, did you just get used to it just by driving around? Or? Yeah. And like I said, it was too big at first and I wouldn't drive around and I was scared to drive ta- downtown and getting lost. I couldn't find places and you can't read a map while you're driving downtown. And the only time we would go there is if somebody came into town, we would take them downtown to eat or take them down to the Riverwalk. And that was it. It was when my dad, your grandfather, moved downtown that's when I started to explore more because when my dad moved down there, I would go down there, stay with him, and we would just walk everywhere. I want to say that was around 2009, 2010. Yeah. It was kind like of that period of time. Yeah. And I guess that was around the same time that I 
started exploring. I mean, of course, at this point in time, I'm legal age to drive, and so I would drive a little bit, and I ventured a little more downtown, but that's because he lived down there. Right. And so, I one, I had a place to stay, but also he would take me or just show me around, and like I guess I got a little more comfortable just trying to see what was going on downtown. And at that point in time... I was younger, so I still didn't really know what was going on, but I think that was like toward, that was the beginning. I mean, according to Mayor Castro at the time of like the decade of downtown, that's when I guess things were starting to pick up down there. Were there some places down there that you would visit? Because you always mentioned the piano bar. You and my oh, grandpa would go to yes. the piano bar all the time. Yes, I love I love um, going to the piano what bar. What is it? Uh, the moon. Uh, uh, Howl at the moon. Howl at the moon. Yes. Yeah. Howl at the moon. You go there. Yes. I never I never cared to, to go there, but I know you guys. I loved Howl at the moon. like that place because I was forced to play piano as a kid. So. But it made your math better. Apparently. Apparently it makes your math better. Uh, I'm what, sure What is people... your brother majoring in? Yeah. Well, I played piano longer than him. So not too <laughs> sure about that. But then again, I mean, the older child is usually the guinea pig. Yes. So that was a big, you know, I was the experiment for that. We got everything right on the second child. <laughs> Did you ever think about like moving back to Austin? The first 10 years, we wanted to move back. I wanted to move back. Mm-hmm. Um, we would take family field trips to Austin. All the time. And I talk about that a lot, especially in the earlier episodes of the original Essay Talk podcast of going up there a lot. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, number one, you and my dad both graduated UT Austin, and of course you lived there, so I'm sure you love the city, but we go up there to games, uh, basketball games, football games, just to go. I guess shifting the conversation to like you being a mom, right? Yes. Because you are my mom. Did you know at some point that you wanted to be a mom? I never didn't know I wanted to be a mom. From when a child playing with dolls, playing with my brothers, I was always the mom. Yeah. Okay. Because well, you were the only girl. I was the only girl. I was always the mom. In high school... Before I even had a boyfriend, before I even dated your father, I knew if I ever had a boy, I would name him Zachary. So, yes, I always wanted to be a mom. You just kind of knew. I just knew. So did it hit you? I don't know if this might be when you were pregnant. This might have been afterwards when I was maybe crying one day or something like that. Did it just hit you at one point that you're like, oh, crap, I'm a mom? That would be January 1993 when we took (laughs) you home. And I'm like, it scared the hell out of me. I was suddenly suddenly responsible for another human being. And it, it, yeah, it was very scary at first. It's scary, like, hearing the news and things that happen. Someone getting killed or in a car accident or someone getting kidnapped. And obviously those things happened back then, too. Maybe now that it's just more, like, broadcasted out there because of social media and things like that. But, like, it's freaking scary. As a, as a mother, you're always, constantly, you see a car wreck, you see a car wreck, you look, you check to make sure that's not your kid's car. Because I remember as a kid, and this was more in like middle school, I would ride my bike with my friends. And we would go to Stevenson, which is the middle school I went to, and go play football or ride mm-hmm. and, and hang out. Either way, we're driving around, I mean, riding around on our bikes in these different neighborhoods and going on streets. And now that I like think about that as an adult... Shoot, if I had a kid, I'd be freaked out out of my mind. I wouldn't want my kid riding their bike. Like, it, it scares me. I don't even have kids thinking about yeah. that. Just hearing stories about kids getting picked up, kidnapped, ran over. Do you remember when you walked to Stevenson? When you would walk to school? Oh, yeah. And I would tell you not to walk through that park? I know you did. In hindsight. Yeah. You... Well, we would walk through a ditch. 
actually. It was probably worse. Yeah. Probably, but a lot of kids, for, for yes. what it's worth, there was always a lot of kids there. I know, but... but yeah. But yeah, we would we would walk through a ditch. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because this is kind of a funny story that I've probably told a few times, but not on the podcast. So going back to elementary school, I went to the elementary school that you taught at, but it wasn't the elementary school I would have gone to based on where I lived. And I remember being jealous of my friends at the time, Chad and Aubrey and Amanda and Lindsay, and they would always walk to school because their elementary school, Broccoli Elementary School, was in walking distance. And they would walk to school, but I didn't get to walk to school because it was further away, which really wasn't that much further, but it was further. And I remember making the argument, what, probably as a eight-year-old, right, yeah. that I should be able to walk to school. And I wanted to, at the time, roller skates were big. So I wanted a rollerblade to school. Mm-hmm. And I remember you followed me yes. in your car the entire way. And to make my shame even worse, I remember the patrol, which was, I think, fifth graders, right? Yes. Elementary school. Mm-hmm. Fifth graders were the patrol people. And I remember them telling me, you need to take your rollerblades off. And so I didn't have shoes with me. You had my shoes because the oh. the, the plan was you were going to meet me in the little parking lot that y'all would park in on the other side of the building from where uh-huh. you would come in rollerblading. And the plan was to meet you there in the parking lot. You would give me my shoes. I'd put them on and walk in. But this patrol person made me take off my rollerblades and walk barefoot. I had to walk barefoot from that area (laughs) all the way to the other side of the school, holding my my rollerblades. And I'm just walking there in my socks outside on pavement to go pick up my shoes from you. So it's like added to my shame. But I do remember like looking back and you were there and you look back and you'd be passing by. I always thought that was funny. Um, I don't remember. I so, mean, I remember following you. I don't remember the whole. So it was like a big it. step in middle school being able to walk to school because I was like, oh, I'm cool now. Um, <laughs> but speaking of those stories, is there any like funny pregnancy or mom stories that you have? Because I can think of one, but um, you may have other ones. Do you remember when your little brother couldn't say the word truck? Yes. And you would get mad at me. Mom, mom, make him stop, make him stop. And I said, I can't make him stop. He doesn't know how to say truck. Just so he wouldn't say the other word. Yeah, he would say the F word. Yes. Yeah, so for those of you who are wondering, he would say the F word instead of the word truck. And there was a point in time where I found that amusing, as you could imagine. And so I'd get him to say truck. And he also couldn't say bridge. And you can imagine what word he would say instead of bridge. And so I would make him say truck and bridge over and over very loudly. Um, in restaurants. And so that was always amusing. And what the, about the measles? When you gave him the measles? <laughs> yes. We're, we're driving We're driving to see my brother, your uncle, and we're going to see him in a public place, not... I don't want to go. Not out of his home. And you kept telling me that Alex was sick, he had the measles. I'm like, he's fine, he's fine. We pull up, turn around, and you had taken red marker and put dots all over your brother's face, and we were going into a public place. Uh, I don't know what got into me. But I guess I just was very um, stubborn. I didn't want to go places. And so if I didn't want to go there, I was going to try to... Sabotage. Sabotage the situation. (laughs) (laughs) I do... So this part, I don't... This story, I don't remember. But I've been told, and obviously I see pictures, that I had a cast on my arm at the age of like, what, one? 18 months. So a little over a year. Yeah. And I had a cast on my arm. Apparently I fell off a chair. Right. I guess I... We'll never know because I wasn't there. I wasn't either. But <laughs> had a cast on my arm and I'm sure people thought that my parents beat me because <laughs> I had a cast on my arm at 18 months. Yes, and we were going to our um, 
high school reunion. <laughs> and not only that, but you were playing in the kitchen at your grandma's house, and you were playing with a broom, and you fell and you busted your lip. So you went to our 10-year reunion with a broken arm and a busted lip. Yeah, I was... Pretty embarrassed. Mortified. Okay, so what would you say is your favorite thing about being a mom? And it can be a couple things. When I became a mom, I finally understood what true unconditional love was. Absolute unconditional love. When I became a mother, it gave me a purpose. I loved it all. You asked me one thing. I loved it all. It was something I was good at. I realized I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Teaching, teaching my boys, raising you guys, and then seeing the world and exploring it through your eyes, when y'all would laugh, you and your brother, even though you're five years apart and you're totally different, y'all get together even today. And I I just love to hear when y'all are laughing. I don't have to always know what you're laughing about. A lot of times I don't know what you're laughing about, but just, I hear y'all laughing. I guess I I feel pride. I don't Mm -hmm. know, pride and like, look look what I did, what I did. And I just, I love the relationship that I have with my boys now. I mean, I was good at teaching, but I was really good at being a mom. So going back to San Antonio, because mm-hmm. um, you've lived here ever since. Ever since you got here, I've lived here my whole life. Right. Which means you've been here my whole life. Plus a few more. So what are some places now that you enjoy going to? A couple of my favorite restaurants. Uh, La Sorrentina, uh, Italian restaurant. It's right across from St. Mary's on Culebra. That's a good place. Good. Really good. And the B&B Barbecue. barbecue down south. You told me about that, and now I've taken the rest of my family down there. I wish you could have gone there before they renovated it, just to, just to see. And I was I was fortunate enough that I started training at that Frost Bank location when they hadn't done the renovation there yet. And so it was just a hole-in-the-wall oh, wow. place, really small. You could tell it was an old building, and you would just order at this little window. You could tell it had been there for many, many years, and it was small, but it was packed all the time which justified the reason to expand it, make it bigger, right. and, and make it newer. What about a dessert spot? Okay. Now, dessert, I'm not much into dessert, but fruit cups. Okay. Fruit cups and mangonadas. I love those. Los Cocos on Bandera. I love that place. And the big, big fruit cups, big fruit cups. They put the chili and the lime and whatever, whatever else you want. I love that place. And that's... I also like their mango novels. I've never been. They actually have a restaurant there. I've never been into the restaurant, but outside they have the two windows where you can order your fruit cups. During COVID, every Sunday we would go on a Sunday drive, mm-hmm. and we've explored all over San Antonio now, but we'd always stop at Los Cocos and get our fruit cup first. What do you think San Antonio lacks? Like, what do you, what do you wish was here? Um, Anything. Subways to get downtown easier. Yeah. yeah, well, I have to agree with you. Yeah. I wish we had subways. I don't know. The last time you went to New York, I'm assuming, was when you took us. Yes. And that was when, I think that was like 02, because it was after 9-11. Uh-huh. It was the year That's after right. 9-11. Amanda and I went recently, and that is the number one thing that we missed the most. Uh-huh. And I don't think people realize it until they've experienced it for the first time because of how quickly you can get around. Having to take a car somewhere, it's, it's, it's annoying, it's frustrating, and you have to focus on the road, the full amount of time whereas if you take this mass transportation vehicle at like a subway you can do other things you can be on your phone you can be on your computer right. you can be talking to someone and be fully engaged in the conversation 
Well, we probably can't have subways because we're so close to the ocean, but maybe above the ground rail. Yeah, there you right. go. Something. something. Something to get down because now, I, I mean, I like downtown. What, one of my goals is to stay in a budget, the hotels, the different hotels, especially the haunted ones. Mm, um, the and... But I love just walking down there now along the river, walking along the new, the new reach. Well, it's getting better, obviously, with the introduction of the San Pedro Creek revitalization right. and then... The Museum Reach has been there for years now with the Pearl. And then the Mission Reach is getting better. Now you have Confluence, which wasn't there five years ago. You know, that's a lot better. That's where my grandpa, he loved going to that area. When he lived here, it wasn't there yet. Right. The closest park that you could go to was Roosevelt. And you you would have to walk the trail to get to that area where where San Pedro Creek and San Antonio River collided. But now there's an actual park there, Confluence, which is new and it's nice. So that's really nice. And of course, even closer down to City Base, um, they are connecting the, the greenway there to the San Antonio River. I mean, that, and that's been a nice area for some years now, too, the City Base area. But they're just doing so much work, like on the Mission Reach. So definitely. Is there anything else that you wanted to? No, I was just thinking you were asking me earlier about what I like to explore. And when my dad moved downtown, we explored like all the missions. And the greenways, not at one time, but we walked from I-10 and 1604 on different days. We walked all the way to 410 and Ingram, hmm. all along the different greenways. You know, we broke it up, but we, my dad and I would do that. And we did it all, all there. And then we did yeah. along the river. Well, I'm sure he misses San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> now he's in Lubbock, so he gets to see snow more oh, often. But yeah. apparently you can see snow now here. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. so anyways, I, but I'm sure he, he misses living downtown but i guess i just want to tell you happy mother's day thank you right and i appreciate you and i'm glad you were able to talk to me on here so happy mother's day thank and you i love you and i appreciate you and i love being your mother that's gonna do it for my interview with my own mother on this special episode of sa talk again i really appreciate my mom coming on to speak to me i'm gonna take a real quick break and we'll get into the last segment where i'm gonna cover my local recommendation for this week as well as some questions i want to leave you guys so i'll be right back hey guys it's zach as some of you may know i help people plan for retirement and as your advisor i can not only show you how money truly works but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you'd like to schedule a financial review, give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into SA Talk. And in this last segment, like I said in the beginning, I wanted to continue the tradition of giving some local recommendations, whether it's one, whether it's a couple, maybe even three, just depending on the different places I visit around town. I want to continue that. I also want to add in a little wrinkle to the end of every SA Talk episode, and that is leaving the listeners with a question or two and having you guys respond to the question using a hashtag and just giving us the answers. And and I really want to hear from you guys, the listeners, and get your thoughts on whatever it is the question is for that week. So with that said, my recommendation 
this week is Little M's Oyster Bar. So my girlfriend actually took me this past week to Little M's Oyster Bar. She had been wanting to take me. I had told her about it. Sometimes I go for a run in the King William area and the Southtown area in general. And I had seen it months ago being built. I was like, what is this little place being built? And um, as the building came along, I finally saw what it was going to be. And I'd seen that it was going to be an oyster bar. And I love oysters. You know, it's, it's funny because I've only been to Oyster Bake like once. But when I went, I think I was maybe 20 at the time. And that was like my that was my first time ever tasting an oyster. And I liked it. I, you know, I put a little bit of the Tabasco sauce on it, some salt, some lemon. And it was so good. It was so good. And I am someone who tries out a lot of food. I'm not very picky. There's very few things that I dislike. I'm not going to leak that right now because people give me crap for it, for the things that I don't like. But oysters are definitely something that I love. The place there in Southtown is really neat. It's pink. That's kind of like the aesthetic. It's really nice and modern inside. It's located at 1001 South Alamo. Again, that's in Southtown 78210. It is Little M's. That's E-M apostrophe s little m's oyster bar awesome spot they're open thursday through saturday from 11 to 10 and for sunday they are open 11 to 4 you can follow them at little m's oyster bar on instagram you can also check out their facebook page the owners are emily and houston apparently they are residents of the king william area which is a beautiful area by the way if you haven't visited um, I enjoy taking a dog for a walk or running through the area. It's an awesome neighborhood, a very expensive neighborhood, awesome area, but awesome restaurant, awesome oyster bar. I tried out every oyster on the menu. Um, they have different oysters from the East Coast. They tell you where they're from. And you, of course, they provide you with some dressing and things that you can put on the oysters. And I really didn't use much of that, just some lemon. I guess I could have added some Tabasco sauce, but that probably takes away from the actual taste that they're trying to provide with these different kinds of oysters. Amanda, my girlfriend, had a crab cake. I know she's someone who has a little more difficult time finding something on the menu that she enjoys, but she enjoyed the crab cake. She loved it. Um, it's definitely some place that, that we'll go to again. And it's really not pricey on the menu. You know, the oysters themselves are just $3.75. It's not bad. Some of the other plates, I mean, range anywhere from $12 to maybe $25. They do have some caviar, which is going to cost a lot more, but if you're looking for that. Um, and what I also love is that they have a little bar area. Again, it looks really nice. They have some local brews in there, including Viva, who we've had on the podcast. You know, Bobby and Michael, the owners and founders of Viva, they have Viva on tap there, as well as some other local brews, and they even have the Pearl beer there. So great spot, great aesthetics, awesome vibes inside there. A lot of opportunities for those of you Instagrammers and people who love taking pictures and posting them um, to your story. You can do so there at Little M's Oyster Bar in Southtown. Again, you can find them at Little M's Oyster Bar on social media, Facebook, um, and if you want to visit their website, that's at littlemsoysterbar.com. You can check out their hours, their address, um, their menu. I would encourage you to try to make a reservation if you can. I think they have an open table site set up that you can do that. But you can also walk up if they do have some space available. They will sit you. Go check them out. That's at 1001 South Alamo in Southtown. That's going to do it for my recommendation for this week. But I did want to leave the listeners with some questions. First of all, it's Mother's Day. We had the Mother's Day special. You got to hear from my mom. So my question to you guys, the listeners, is what do you get for your mom? 
What do you get her as a gift? Is it something as simple as a gift card? Do you really go all out and you create something? Are you crafty? You know, do you make something thoughtful? Do you put a gift basket? You know, what is it that you get for your mom? My other question is, are you planning on going to Fiesta? And if you are, what are you most excited about as far as the events go? What event are you most excited for for this year's Fiesta? So guys, think about those questions. Give me your answers. I want to hear them. Go ahead and use hashtag SATalkAnswers, and I want to hear what you guys have to say about the questions that I just asked this week. That is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of SA Talk. It was a special episode, and I got to interview my mom. Thank you to all of the day one listeners and loyal supporters of the podcast. Thank you for listening week in and week out. If you're a new listener, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. So just go on there. It really helps give the show more exposure, show up more in searches, helps for SEO purposes. I would really appreciate that. If you don't already follow the podcast on social media, you can find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at SA Pod Network. That's SA as in San Antonio, Pod as in Podcast Network. I appreciate all of you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back soon with another episode of Searching for San Antonio as well as SA Talk. Take care and Viva San Antonio.